0: ...motivate people, manage organizational change, and align disparate groups behind a common goal. The recent emphasis on leadership, as well as the concerns about daunting social, political, and economic challenges, do not, of course, represent a completely new phenomenon. Nearly a decade ago, in a speech at the Minnesota Center for Corporate Responsibility, Fortune Magazine's editor-at-large, Marshall Loeb, offered an interesting perspective on leadership... He asked the question, where have all the leaders gone? Where are the patrician, eloquent leaders, the Churchills and the Roosevelts, the rough-hewn, plain-spoken, but ultimately charismatic Harry Trumans and Pope Johns? Now that we need them so badly, we are desperate for leaders, he said. Of course, we pay lots of attention to particularly successful leaders. We look at Alan Mulally as he's transforming Ford Motor Company, Wendy Kopp, the founder of Teach for America, Coach K, who leads the Duke basketball team to so many championships, and many historical figures from Abraham Lincoln to Franklin Roosevelt and Winston Churchill. We put a lot of attention on these people because they make such a difference in their organizations and societies. We all want to find the next great leader, whether it's going to be the next president of a country or the CEO who's going to turn around a struggling firm. Maybe we go too far at times. In fact, we often attribute too much of an organization's success or failure to a particular individual at the top. We even glorify certain leaders at times. Ideally, of course, we'd come to understand leadership more effectively and we'd be able to become better leaders ourselves and to develop others in our organizations to lead effectively. How do you do that? One of my personal challenges as a scholar and teacher has been to go out and help companies and institutions do just that as part of their leadership development programs, to take talented individuals and to help them understand the skills and capabilities it takes to lead change successfully. It's a difficult thing to do, but I believe that scholarship can inform practice and that we can teach people about the skills and capabilities required to become better leaders. And that's what I'd like to do in this course with you. If we need more effective leaders, of course, the question then becomes, what type of leaders should firms and organizations seek? And interestingly, the so-called management gurus disagree. Jim Collins is arguably one of the most widely read business writers in the world. He has been very influential in many executive suites, as well as with many public institutions around the world. He conducted a study some years ago to determine how and why some companies move from a fairly long period of average financial performance to an era of sustained greatness. He found that only a very small set of firms manage to make that leap and their leaders possess a distinct set of traits. According to Collins, the leaders of those firms that make the leap from average performance to greatness demonstrate great modesty and humility. They often prove to be rather quiet and reserved, even shy. Collins extols those virtues and he argues that firms should seek leaders with these attributes rather than simply chasing individuals who exhibit charisma. In fact, Collins argues that many organizations are looking for that savior who will come and desperately turn them around from their dire straits and that charisma is often one of the things that we look to that attracts us to people and makes us want to hire them and bring them in to lead teams and organizations. He thinks that's the wrong approach and he argues that many of the firms in his study who made that leap from good to great, in fact, were rather reserved and humble." Interestingly, Tom Peters, another widely read business writer and consultant, disagrees vehemently. He thinks that the current, turbulent environment in which many organizations have to compete, and in which many public institutions need to shape policy, requires something quite different than the stoic, quiet, calm leaders that Collins extols. Peters claims, Would you like to think that a quiet leader will lead you to the promised land? I think it's total, utter bull, because I consider this to be a time of chaos." Peters goes on to argue that it's very dangerous to try to identify a single set of personality traits and characteristics that are associated with superior leadership in all situations. He argues that different circumstances merit different types of leaders and different behaviors. So let's take a look at that question in some detail now by looking at an example of someone who, in a particular situation, demonstrated very effective leadership. Let's look at Rudy Giuliani, the mayor of New York during the 9 11 terrorist attacks. Now, Giuliani had come to office and had a very